me that I would find a home within the fragile substance of my soul. And I have filled this void with things unreal. And all the while my character is still. You're listening to the Holy Catholic Group podcast looking at faith, life, and culture from the perspective of two young Catholics. My name is Lyndon Chan, and I'm an engineering master's student at the University of Toronto. And I am Jeremy Zhao, your co-host, currently a seminarian studying for the Archdiocese of Toronto. In this podcast, we look at different topics each week for contemplative reflections and casual conversations. Trying to brew the things we wish we'd known earlier into the strongest drink allowable for public consumption. Welcome to another episode of the Holy Catholic Brew. Today I'm joined by Jeremy and we'll be talking about retreats. We'll be talking about why everyone needs a retreat, why we need time out from our daily lives in order to focus on what God's calling is for us. We'll be talking about what different kinds of retreats there are and we'll share a little bit about our own personal experiences attending retreats. We've attended a lot over the years and we'll be sharing our insights into the good and the bad. Enjoy! Please now, brother, don't you ride this train. Ride the wrong rails, live your life in vain. What you just heard was an excerpt from Train to Nowhere by Savoy Brown. Sometimes doesn't it feel like your life is like a train hurtling into a dark tunnel that you have no idea where it'll end up? Sometimes we just need to sit, slow down and figure out where on earth we're going in our lives. Are we going someplace closer to God or are we going away from God? Sometimes because our lives are so fast and so busy that we can never sit down and actually think about these things. And that's precisely why everyone needs a retreat. In this episode, we'll be talking more about why everyone needs a retreat and the different tips and tricks that we found over the years. So Jeremy, you and I have both been to a lot of retreats. Would you like to explain like what are retreats? A retreat is just an opportunity for a person to withdraw from life so they, they could they rediscover where God is for them right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a company retreat where you bond with your company like no your no, no definitely not yeah like in company retreats the whole point is to like let's say like establish a strong connection your team and stuff like that a retreat in like the catholic sense is really for you to reconnect with god whether that that means like you know rediscovering him if you've been away from him for a while or if it means like you know furthering your relationship with him like um if you've been like regularly practicing you know your uh have, if you have a healthy relationship with christ it's really just meant to be between you and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like um, we have monks, we have nuns who are cloistered permanently, but for most people who have jobs, they have families, um, I guess they also need time off from their everyday oh, lives yeah. to focus on God. Kind of like your company retreat. Like if you're working with your coworkers always, all the time, but you don't have time to have fun and bond and you need that time to, you know, you just forget about all the work. And oh, yeah, you come yeah, and yeah. reconnect. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, so how do retreats actually help us? So what retreats do is that they are almost like a, a chance for us to process what has happened in our life up to this point. Because what often happens is that your life is flying by so, so quickly. It's almost like in a sense, like a train is just like speeding along, like, you know, the rails that you need to pause every once in a while to be able to look back at the last like two months or two years or I don't know, two decades of your life that happened. And actually, th- and actually go like, huh, where was God in all of this? Or how has God been leading me in all of this? Or like, you know, have, it's like, where am I going? Like, like I'm right now going in like a healthy direction or it's like, um, what was the whole point of everything that I was doing? It's really a chance for you to actually pause and reflect on your time that you've just lived to actually see if you need to like recalibrate yourself slightly like going forward or um, uh, how, uh, it, it, um, how would you say, or to like recenter yourself such, um, such that if you deviated from your, from God's will, you know, God wills for all of us to be in heaven, but if you've been deviating from that to actually reset yourself in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess for those of our listeners who haven't been to retreats before, maybe like what, what kind of retreats are there and what, what do you actually do in a retreat? Like we know that, you know, it brings us closer to God, but how exactly? So it dep- there's many different types of retreats. Like for our listeners right now, the ones you guys are most going to be familiar with are going to be like GT, like God own ECCCLC, that, uh, the one that happens at uh, Labor Day weekend, 43 nights thing. Mm-hmm. Or you might be re- uh, familiar with JU retreat, which is like a retreat for university students, um, three days, two night over family day weekend. Or like Yosak retreat, and like for those retreats, they're they're youth retreats. There's a very large emphasis on like speaker talks, on like um group discussions, on group activities, and so like uh, how you discover God in these type of retreats is that you discover God through the prayer experiences, through the talks, through the socialization, through the fun times that you have together, and like um that's yeah that that's 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 really that. Or you might have retreats that are a bit more conference style, such as like um. I would just say uh, like Steubenville. Obviously, Steubenville is definitely way more youth flavor. But if you go to a retreat that's just really just a conference style, like um, you would be mainly discovering God through the talks. Um, like maybe like maybe like the adult version of Lift Jesus Higher Rally. You have a lot of different speakers that come in to give talks and workshops, and like um, you're really like discovering where you are in relation to God through what the speakers say. Then there's also such things as like silent retreats where instead of discovering God through the socialization or through like, um, I guess like group talks or through like activities and games, you're really just discovering God through the silence or through like guided scripture meditation or through the conversations with your spiritual director that you get assigned during silent retreats. So yeah, I guess now that we've covered like our retreats, maybe let's talk about like how we should approach retreats. Like what's, what's the proper way? Um, okay. So I think over the last few years, um, there's, there's been, there's amongst the youth. I'm not exactly sure why. I, I, I felt this a lot, Lyndon. I'm not sure if you have mm-hmm. noticed it as well. But I've been noticing this very negative attitudes towards retreats, and that like I, I, I like I've started. I've been talking to a lot of people. Say, hey, have you ever thought of going to I don't know, like GT or JU or Silent Retreat or something like that? And like um, the response I've been calmly getting back is like, you know, I've been to retreats before. I think they're boring, or I've been on enough retreats at this point in my life already, and I think like you know. Um, that, that that's all that like i i'm not going to be able to get anything more out of this retreat that type of thing and, and those are and those are legitimate responses but um in our life if your life is hurtling at such a very fast pace it's not a, so much a question of whether or not we need a retreat in our uh, we, we need a retreat in our life like everyone does just because 
you're never going to be able to like pause and like reconnect with God any other way. It's just, it's more a question of like, you know, what type of retreat is more fitting for you at this point in your life right now. When you're younger, when you have more energy, when you're trying to discover who you are, your identity and, you know, your friends and all that type of stuff, it's good to go on youth retreats. But as you start getting older, such as our age, then like um, you, you start becoming more contemplative. You start becoming more introspective. You start asking the big questions like, what's the whole point of my life? That type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's starting, it becomes more helpful to go on retreats that are not so youthful energy. But ones are actually, like, let's say silent or maybe directed in that like, you might have like a retreat director that you guys would like go, uh, that you guys would have one-on-one time with, but there's lots of period for on the day for you to do like your own like spiritual reading and stuff like that. It's not, so it's never a question of whether, of like whether or not I need retreats or no, like everyone needs it. It's just what type of style of retreat do you need right now in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess, well, moving on, let's, uh, we can cover like what are some of the good things we've experienced and some of the bad things. I mean, both of us, we've been through a lot of different retreats. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think it would be interesting to see what our like different experiences are. Yeah. So, Lyndon, what's your experience of retreats been like? Like, what are some of the highlights for you? So, for me, um, differently from you, Jeremy, uh, I've been like the first retreat I've ever been to was uh, like GT or ECCCLC. Oh. That was back in 2014. The, the one thing that really struck me was just like the sheer energy of it. Mm. Um, because before then, I joined UTCC back then. That was my second year of undergrad. Oh. Um, we had a small group, uh, which was really tight knit. But uh, we didn't really have that kind of energy because we were only like a handful of guys back then. Um, there was not that energy and that like enthusiasm for the faith. And like when I first joined GT then, it was really overwhelming. I was like, whoa, this is so amazing. Like, maybe i think a lot of people experience this they're like well this is so amazing like all these people like on fire with love of god mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. and that was something that i never experienced before because like previous to gt the the biggest youth event was you know with utccc i hadn't been part of like a parish youth group before um so that was really invigorating i think that the 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 thing that struck me the most was just like the witness of different people like you hear the different stories of people who are involved just hearing like especially from uh like the committee when they would share about their own stories of how um they had you know first experienced that something that's similar to what i'd experienced right like all that youthful energy and then they received so much that they wanted to give back to the community and that was like really inspiring for me um because prior to that like my experience of the faith was relatively just like between myself and god so Mm -hmm. seeing that um, with other people is really inspiring and another thing that really uh hit me was just the emphasis on you know being free from distractions because um you know in our modern day world we're so a lot of the times we're addicted to our phones um like whenever we're bored we need to check our phones like oh what's happening in the news what's what's the latest tweet that trump has sent right <laughs> Obviously, there wasn't Trump back then, but like, uh, like I, I, especially with my sense of curiosity, I need to know things. Uh-huh. But for the retreats, you know, you, they say, you know, no phones, no phones at all. So a lot of the times, um, you you don't have anything else to do. You need to focus on what their what the activities are, right? Whether it be like attending mass or adoration, uh, like praying the rosary. These things you need to do well because there's nothing else to do. Right? Oh yeah. For sure. Um, and I think also just like having a fixed waking and sleeping schedule, things are very regular. They're not uh, like if you're lazy, then 
there's no excuse. Like you need to be at mass at a certain time. You can't just be late. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, my very first retreat was uh, the Yosak retreat back in 2009. Uh, like I was totally mind blown by it because I previously thought that like all Catholics were like old ladies or like, you know, that prayed the rosaries mm-hmm. with like veils over their heads. And like, I didn't really think that the concept of a young Catholic was possible. And then like just being surrounded like a Yosak, we get like 50, youth, like 50 youth together. Right. So just having like seen 50 people my age, like just like absolutely totally crazy. Like I love, I love God, but also like, we just really like loved each other. Genuinely. We just want to poke fun at each other and just like mess and screw around with each other. Yeah. Like um, it was just amazing to like to see like, you know, there's this joy in, um, in friendship and joy with Christ that I couldn't find anywhere at school. And like, uh, that was that was one of the very first things that was that was one in a sense like you know uh, drew me to retreats and like drew me to retreats year after year after year just to really be encountered experience of joy. But I think like uh, as time went on, what really touched me at retreats it no longer became so much of social interactions, but actually became like those moments when you actually have a personal encounter with Christ. So meaning that um, there are some retreats I have went on um, uh, where I've had very honest confessions. And after like the, and like the, that intense experience of mercy and forgiveness and confession, like it really like touched my heart and like transformed the way I see, like, um, you know, under, understood what, who God is like no longer as somebody that's like distant or someone that's judgmental, actually someone that genuinely loves me. Mm-hmm. And like, um, it's those moments that really stick that really, really stand out to me. Like, um, sometimes it's confession. Sometimes it's like an adoration. Cause like, um, you know, um, for most regular Catholics, you'll never really get to experience adoration like too often, like throughout mm-hmm. the year, maybe yeah. like three or four times or so. But at, at, but then at a retreat, you actually get to have like a good solid couple hours if you choose, um, to actually be before Christ. And then like, sometimes like he won't, he will choose not to say anything, but other times he will suddenly, he'll just like tap his finger on your heart. And then like, and then like for like a few minutes, you're just suddenly transported into heaven. And like, like not physically, but like, you know, just interiorly, like in those, just for those few moments, you're in heaven, you understand what love is, you understand who you are, you understand what the purpose of your life is. And then that's to love and to be loved. I don't know how else to say, like everyone who else has experienced it, they always say the same thing. It's such a beautiful experience, but they don't know how to articulate it. Because it's so beautiful beyond articulation. And like, um, when I first experienced those on retreats, like I'm um, around, like this was around the 2000 and 11 to 2013 years like th- those retreats like there's always something beautiful with christ and then, like start from 2014 and onwards um it, w- it was more li- like um i really what i really enjoyed at retreats is seeing pe- uh, seeing my friends and seeing other people that encounter christ for the very first time in their life because i because you know when, when you finally encounter christ personally in your life it's such a beautiful experience that you want other people to experience it too mm-hmm. when you finally see somebody actually experience that you know that the life has changed forever and you're just like yeah they, like you got it jesus that type of thing so like um yeah <laughs> yeah it's so beautiful when it's so beautiful when you see you know um it's not just it's not just jesus working on each one of us separately but it's like jesus working through me and then he works through me to someone else and then you see that person you know sharing sharing christ to other people and oh it's, yeah it's so like everything's connected yeah. And, and then seeing how they change after the retreat, that's also the most beautiful oh, yeah. thing too. You know that the life like turned to 180 or so afterwards. Mm-hmm. Those ones are beautiful to see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we should move on to like the bad things now, now that oh, yeah. we've 
now that we're not so so that we're not like hyping up retreats or treats because you know we've been to so many retreats ourselves yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start. Like for me, one of the big ones was uh, trying to force a relationship with Christ. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's kind of like because uh, like you know you have to pay for retreats; they're not for free. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I got the mentality that I already paid this much money to get to the retreat. God, why aren't you revealing yourself to me? <laughs> like, I just want to feel you because, especially because you know, um, initially uh, I had this really amazing experience. So every time I go back to a retreat. At least initially, I was thinking like, "Oh, I must have something of that level or better." Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like I need more. I need more. I need more, right? And you know, when that didn't happen, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, "God, why are you abandoning me? Why aren't you giving me more of this?" Right? Like, aren't you trying to inspire me to grow closer to you? Then, you know, what better way is there to just show me uh, your love, right? Like tangibly, you know, through that feeling of being uplifted, mm-hmm. and that. Uh, I guess it was a bad thing initially, but it, I think it made me more of a mature Catholic um, later on. Um, but I think I guess the bad thing about that is, you know, when you're at a retreat, you shouldn't be expecting these things to happen. It kind of just comes. Yeah. It's also, like God's not a light switch. He does whatever he wants. He can't force him to. Mm-hmm. Aslan's not a tame lion. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like when that happens, we just end up focusing more on, you know, I think I believe you covered in an earlier podcast, we focus more on the gifts of the giver than instead of the, you know, mm, the giver yeah. himself, we end up falling in love with his good feelings as if I should fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I think related to people who, let's say they come back to the retreat to help out, especially for like youth retreats. Um, I think for a lot of them, they can feel burnt out. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, uh, as we mentioned, right, like a lot of people, they've received such a great experience themselves that they want to give back to the community. They want to help other people have that same kind of experience with Christ. Um, so they help out oh, with a lot of things, right? Um, and I think that for a lot of these, like, retreat ministries, um, the more you take in, the more people will want to make you take up. So oh, yeah. let's say if you've been involved with like liturgy, with music, with different like teams, people will see, oh, this guy's like a faithful Catholic. He's, you know, he's able to get his stuff done. You know, why don't we give him more stuff, more stuff, more oh, stuff. Yeah. And I think for the both of us, we're really, maybe it's just our personality, right? Like we like taking things up and helping people. Um, but at a certain point, like you start taking up too many responsibilities and you start to feel burnt out. Oh, um, yeah. There are some terms when you feel like, oh, I'm helping a lot of people. This must be doing the will of God, but at the same time, I'm not getting anything out of this. Mm-hmm. Right? And oh, I think yeah. that, yeah, for a lot of people, um, like especially for perfectionists, right? They have such a focus on doing a perfect job that they forget what the whole point of the retreat was. They start uh, like basically bothering people. It's like, oh, you have to get this right. You have to get that right. Oh, I yeah. know what's best. Um, but also like the opposite, right? Like people might be lazy. Uh, they'll be like, uh, you know what? I'll leave it up to the will of God. Nothing's going to go wrong if the translation team doesn't do a perfect job. There's only a few people who need translation anyways, right? Oh, or, yeah. you know, nothing's going to blow up mm-hmm. if I don't, get, you know, submit stuff for the handbook team, for the music team. And then it kind of just, it's like an attitude of laziness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced that too. And that, um, Right, maybe regarding the people that try to do too much a perfect job, it's that you need to find a balance between like putting a lot of effort into putting a retreat together and then 
not doing and then like I'm to the opposite and then like the opposite extreme of just saying like oh, uh, God will take care of it type of thing and that like uh, towards the people that are always trying to make it perfect this is not your pet project this is God's project so just like sit down do what you need to do and then leave the rest up to him and then for all the people that are like just like well whatever God will just do it because like you know God's all powerful whatever else uh, God is not, well, Jesus is not physically present on earth as a human being. We are his hands and his feet as, a sta- as it's stated in scripture. And so like, I'm expected that we get off our rears and like, I should like get to do something about it. It's like, um, how, would, uh, how, how would you say, if you are given, uh, how would you say, uh, yeah, if, if, if you're, uh, you are given a paper to write, just sitting there and going, oh, you know, like uh, th- like my teacher wills me to write this paper so the paper will get itself done. It's never going to get done. Yeah. You actually have to write the stupid thing. But then like um, if you're actually, if you're the type of person that's sitting and pouring over every single like minor detail in your paper, like 20 minutes before it's due, even though you finished it like two weeks before, that is a level of scrupulosity that is definitely not needed because then you be, uh, because then it, you just become like very snappy towards like your co uh, your coworkers mm-hmm. and whatever else, and you lose the pic- the big picture of why I'm doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess one really big bad thing that we've noticed we've both noticed as a retreat is something that we like to call the retreat high. Well, to clarify, retreat highs are not necessarily bad things because uh, so sorry, like I'm um, not to contradict you right away, and that oh, like yeah, the okay. experience <laughs> of a retreat high. Is, is an experience of is an intense experience of the consolation of God. It's just what we do with the retreat high afterwards that, mm-hmm. that Linda and I have noticed that has been very not so good, at least like in the Chinese Catholic circles. So maybe to, so 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 maybe like be defined at first. Retreat high mm-hmm. is just that very intense experience of consolation that you feel at retreat and you want to carry and last forever like after retreat. So like after retreat, like you have symptoms such as like um not wanting to be in school anymore because like it's dreadfully boring or you want to be listening to praise and worship music constantly or you want to be calling up your retreat friends because like these are all the people understand you, which is wonderful because like yeah. all times of life that actually ends up being the case. And or like uh how how would you say you want to like flip back through your retreat handbook and wear your retreat shirt all over the place, you know that type of thing. You know that, that that's characteristic <laughs> you, you know what we're talking about. But it's like a why it's such a bad thing is that, um, how would you say, people become addicted to this retreat high mm-hmm. and they think that this becomes, th- that this high is the peak of their Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that this retreat high is only the foundation, the seed and the start of something that's supposed to be even more beautiful. Like, um, and what ends up happening is like when people think that retreat highs or retreats, uh, retreat highs are like the peak of their faith, they end up becoming Catholics that just go from retreat to retreat to retreat to retreat, mm-hmm. expecting that same feeling. And they think that, you know, I can, I'm only at my Catholic at absolute best when I'm on retreat. But that's not true. Like, uh, uh, how would you, uh, when Jesus brought his apostles up onto the mountain to be transfigured, Peter was definitely in retreat high. But the transfiguration, um, if you uh, in, in scripture scholar, uh, scripture scholar studies, is right is right at the beginning of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem to be crucified. Mm. It's like um, uh, the we're supposed meant to descend from those high moments and actually be and actually live our faith in our day to day life. And the living the faith in day to day life, especially on those moments that lead to Calvary, are the most important things of our life, and not the mountain moment. Yeah, exactly. I think one really disordered 
thing that I've seen is they, some people, they, they've, since they've had such a good experience at retreats that they're like, oh, this is the definition of my Catholic life. And, you know, like those masses where I don't see other young people or like adoration where there's, you know, there's only old people or rosary, which I can only do by myself. Uh, I don't really need those anymore. Right. Then it becomes a really weird idea that, you know, yeah. it's just the experience of a retreat that defines a relationship with God. Oh, yeah. One dangerous thing that, as you said, Lyndon, that I've noticed in some uh, youth is that because they've experienced an intense encounter with Christ at adoration and mass at a retreat, like let's say GT, they assume that only masses like that or adorations like mm-hmm. that are legitimate. And so they stop going back to the home parish because they say mass is boring. But they yeah. completely missed the point because they for, instead of forgetting that what you encountered was Jesus, you didn't encounter a feeling. Mm, yeah, and, and like um, when you go to mass no matter where you go you're re-meeting jesus you may not meet the feeling again which is totally cool because if jesus wants to give you the feeling it's totally up to him while you're meeting jesus that should be the main point of it yeah exactly so how should we combat this um i think combating this is actually having a good idea with what you do with that retreat high after your retreat so it's a good thing, like after retreat, to let's say stay connected with your retreat friends, listen to this praise and worship music and whatever. I'm not saying don't do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, but what I'm saying is that when you have a retreat high, for most people I've talked to, it lasts on a- average anywhere between two weeks to a month. For most people. I'm not sure if that's your case. Either, but for me, like usually after retreat, it's, it lingers there for at least like two weeks to a month. And at least among some of the friends I talked to in Brosac. But mm-hmm. besides the point, um, that's a lot of time for you to actually start reflecting on your life and, and, and like, you know, trying to get your rear in gear type of thing. So like uh, during those moments when you have an intense experience of God's grace, when you have an intense experience of God's grace, your will and reason are aligned really well. And you're able to see your life in ways that you usually w- would not be comfortable seeing it. Because when you're in a retreat high, you're actually really comfortable with looking at your life and like seeing like, okay, this is a good stuff about my life. This is my not so good stuff about my life. You actually want, so therefore you actually want to be directing your energy, like that, that high at the retreat to looking at your life and seeing those spots that need to be cleaned up and the areas that are good. And then making a plan of life for yourself, such that you can actually continue doing the good things that you're already doing. Mm-hmm. And like actually brush up on those areas of your life that are not so good. So for instance, after a retreat, like you, on your retreat high, let's say like it's a Tuesday after retreat, like a couple of days after retreat, what you should be doing is like maybe sitting down in your room and like thinking, okay, this is my life before the retreat. And this is my life after the retreat. What do I want to, what do I want to be, to be different before the retreat? Let, let's say good things. I, what, what I'm good at. I'm pretty involved at church. Like I'm a help out here and there. Um, I'm a really good student. I'm a really good student, but Maybe the not so good thing is, is that my prayer life is absolute crap. Like I, I only pray like when I go to mass, like one, you know, basically like once a week. Uh, I may be very snappy towards my siblings. Um, let's uh, let's say I may not be the be- best at fulfilling my vocation um, to be a good like you know son in my family, and like because I'm always like mean to my parents or stuff like that. So what to to make sure that my life is actually different and meaningful going forward. I need to make a plan of life such as I incorporate prayer into my daily life. I need to figure out why I'm always so impatient with my siblings or like whoever else. And actually brush that areas up. And the stuff that I'm already good at, such as let's say I'm being involved at like church ministries and stuff, keep it up and maybe bring some of that joy that I've got from retreat into what I'm doing. Uh, like um, when I'm doing my ministry work, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's like the retreat is kind of like a diagnosis of their 
spiritual life. And like the diagnosis is so shocking that oftentimes you're like, whoa, I want to have that kind of surprise every single time. But then at the same time, they're so shocked by the diagnosis that they forget about the treatment. They don't actually take concrete steps to, you know, improve on their diagnosis. And then yeah, you know, yeah. over time, if you're not treating that uh, spiritual life, then it becomes worse and worse. Yeah. And you just revert back to where you were before, or as you said, even worse. Yeah. You're just like in love with your own feelings at the diagnosis. <laughs> Yeah, and not actually in love with God or in love with the people around you. Yeah. Okay, so to wrap this up, uh, I think we have like a few points to summarize. Uh, so I guess the first one is everyone needs a retreat. Um, it's just a matter of like what kind of retreat you need um, because everyone needs a time to step out from their ordinary activities and their duties um, in order to reconnect with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second one is please no retreat high. Um, I guess a retreat heart is good in its own way in order to inspire you to grow to a closer relationship with God, but it's only the diagnosis a lot of the times for our spiritual life. And in order to move forward, um, in order to heal, we need to take concrete steps towards treating ourselves um, through God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening uh, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all. But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see But your soul you must keep totally free